Hello and welcome to Glasgow's number one BDSM podcast. <laughs> it's not a BDSM podcast. What do you mean? You've been reading too much Fifty Shades of Grey. I just finished the trilogy, my friend. Yeah. And I'm all about my BDSM. <laughs> Later on in the show, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be giving CBT FYI to fill with a 3DS. What? Right in the clamshell. <laughs> Gonna get you. cock and ball torture with a what 3DS. If my testicle does something to the touch screen. It will. <laughs> of course it will. It will crush it. It will definitely crush it. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Geshcast, Glasgow's number one gaming podcast. I've decided we should upgrade ourselves to the world's greatest. The world's greatest. I'm the world's greatest. World's greatest podcast for jerks. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> Very good. What's coming up today? Coming up in the next hour, we're going to have your usual mix of gaming chats. Uh, this time we've got a, we've got a fantastic theme. We mentioned in a couple of episodes ago we're going to have themed episodes. Themed episodes. E3 got in the way of that. Fucking E3. A nightmare. I know. Congratulations so, to anybody that made it through all four podcasts that we've also, got Congratulations out. to whoever won E3. Yes. Whoever won well E3, done. congrats. But this is um, our new podcast theme, which is... Jaw droppers. Jaw droppers. Jaw, <laughs> Jaw droppers. Now, what does that mean? We're not quite sure, no. but we'll come up with it later in the show. Let's wait. Just hold your horses. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Phil, please, please do us all a favour and hit the music. I will do. Why don't we introduce ourselves since we didn't beforehand? We did neglect to say who we were. <laughs> well, it's important, at the very least. I am Phil. I am Gavin. Good to meet you once again. Thanks again for downloading the show. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. You know what, sure. <laughs> Why don't you hit us off, Gav, with a bit of personal interaction? Okay, okay, sure. Hey, what, bud. What have you been up to? Well, not what I have been up to, Phil, but what I am going to be up to. If you're in the Glasgow area on Sunday, July the 8th, you can see me playing my band, Bastards of Science, live supporting American band Arnocore. I'm very excited about this. I can't wait. I haven't bought a ticket yet. Everyone's very excited. I think the only person who's not excited about it is it's you. me. <laughs> <laughs> not because I'm scared, though. You know, I'm going to look you right in the eye when you come out on stage. You it's see not, me in the audience and I'll just be like... It's not a nerves thing. What a guy. It's not a nerves thing. It's just I don't... I can't, don't care about it anymore. That part of your life is now. That's a, you, yeah, that say? chapter is closed. I wouldn't mind doing other band stuff, but that band is very much in my past. That's not to say that I will not have a good show. Uh-huh. It'll be a very fun show. It's packed full of new stuff. So great. If you want to go, come and see it, Classic a Grand Glasgow. show is always extremely impressive and something quite incredible to behold. It's always fun. It's going to be, say, Sunday the 8th of July, Classic Grand be there at 7 o'clock and you can get a cheap ticket off me. I'll be the, the tallest guy there with the beard. With the beard. And yes. the belly. Uh-huh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Phil, personal yes. interaction. You had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> We've got so much to cover. I know. This is a lot more personal than... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, t- I turned 30 in, 30 in the middle old, of June. The old man. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. old goat. How was it? You old jackal. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really good. I like to think that now with three decades of destruction behind me, mm-hmm. I can truly call myself a man. You can maybe start to build something now. Yes. I feel like I could possibly show somebody how to reverse park. Really? You should show me, because I don't have a driver's license. And maybe go to a scrapyard. Hmm, and fight? No, maybe to drop off a car. I oh, would say fight. Like I can go to a scrapyard fight and lose it. <laughs> That's all I... <laughs> as long as... If you don't try... Off a tough junkyard dog-style character. Tough junkie. Yeah. 
as they call them. Christ. Nightmares? Um, for, the stuff of nightmares? For your birthday. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for your birthday, but we went camping. We did. Up in uh, at, near Aberfoyle. Mm-hmm. Lock Con. Lock Con, not Lock Chon. <laughs> some fools would call it. it. Idiots may call it that at a petrol station when you're trying to find directions. Exactly. Some, some lassie just laughs in your face. Do you mean Lock Con? We took the whips out for a ride mm-hmm. up to Aberfoyle. We went Indeed. past Lock Lomond. To the beautiful Scottish Highlands. It was really beautiful. It really was beautiful. Mm -hmm. The Trossocks. A lovely lakeside. We were pestered by uh, midges. So many midges. Clouds and billowing clouds of midges bit me upon my legs. Do you think we need to explain what midges are for our international audience? Like who? Good point. Uh, (laughs) So we, we enjoyed ourselves. You guys forgot all your food. Yep, we forgot all of our food, except for our rolls, which were used later. It's true enough. What we did, we came together like Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And we broke fed bread. Like, we we broke bread. Literally together. broke bread. It was fantastic, and it was a really good way to celebrate you being ill. Yes, it was indeed. Not only that, Gav. Mm-hmm. What else has happened to us? What else has happened to us? I finished watching all of Saved by the Bell. Yes, back you did. Back. You did. <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple of episodes left to go. I must say, for being a Bell aficionado, yeah, I don't like the last series with Tory. You've got <laughs> to. You've got to take it all in. In, in one picture a lot of people going about the wire things like that being mm. this whole encompassing story you need to get by the first series but true enough apparently well, this is like this. it's the same with Saved by the Bell but in reverse yeah. <laughs> you just got to get through that last series but remember all that you were given I know remember Jesse's song Ugh, so many great episodes uh. and then you will get to see the beautiful moment where Mr Belding's wife gives birth to a baby in a lift mm-hmm. and Zach delivers it Ugh. You know, I, I, gorgeous. But now I'm on to the college years because <laughs> this is what happened. I was in such so remorseful about the fact that uh, Save by the Bell had finished. I'm watching it on American Netflix, of course. And got to the end. I'm like, what am I going to do now? What are you going to do now? I can't move. Just move straight on to another Peter Engel production, such no. as California Dreams or USA High. I needed more Bell, and then I remembered the college years. The, the college I'm years of Bell. On the edge of tomorrow. <laughs> today, today, today. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good stuff. But now they're facing all kind of adult problems. Like condoms, breaking. Beyond that, man, I'm talking about <laughs> AC almost falling out with all of his friends because none of them are given enough respect about the fact that he's Chicano. <laughs> <laughs> Does he say Chicano? <laughs> they say Chicano like 80 times. I had to Google it. <laughs> like mulatto or something? I don't know. That is fucking wild. Chicano. I'm going to get... In the end, they have a sit-in. They establish a whole Chicano studies department in Cal U. That was never a problem in Bayside. Everyone just decided... This is the point that Zach tried to make to AC. He's like, I've been friends with you for over five years and your heritage has never come up as an issue. But AC's point was that it should. (laughs) You should have made it a fucking (laughs) stumbling block. Let's not talk about Save by the Bell forever. Let's save that for Bellcast. That's a great idea. Uh, We're going back to the beginning and we're doing Bellcast. (laughs) And we have to dress like them in every episode. Anyway, enough Saved by the Bell. It was well over a minute. <laughs> Last thing I want to mention before we get into the games is, people, there's a new, if you get us through iTunes or you have an iOS device, there's a new iOS podcast app. Mm. And it makes it easier than ever to subscribe to us, to download us, to get the latest episode straight to your phone rather than and having to go through iTunes. Us. And, of course, to review us. So it makes everything so much easier for it. So get off your fucking arse and help us out. Let's do this!
think we've talked adequately enough about Saved by the Bell. I'd now. say we have a, a, there's an elegant sufficiency of Saved it by might, the Bell talk. It might have birthed the idea of something new and beautiful. <laughs> Perhaps. A Saved by the Bell podcast, but we'll try and come up with a name. We'll come up with a good name. If you've got a good name, please send us a tweet. At Geshcast. Yeah, good idea. There we go. So why don't we talk about some of the happenings in games? Happenings in games. What have you played? What have I played? Exactly. What games have you played, Phil? Have you played a computer game? I'll tell you what I'm going to do for what I've been playing, right? Because uh-huh. it's a precursor. As a precursor, sorry, I need to put down some kind of background to the whole scenario. Okay. This is going to be Phil's Hardware Corner. Christ. You were actually go. serious about this? I was, Aye. I was. Oh, well. Uh, I got two important pieces of hardware in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uno, uh-huh. I got the Sony wireless PS3 stereo headset. Yes. As a birthday present from my sister-in-law. Fantastic. Very, very nice of him. Um, it is uh, a wonderful headset for the PS3. You're like big clamshell surround sound speaker headphones. Wireless, virtual mm. kind of surround sound, so you get virtual 7.1 surround sound. That sounds nice. Which works really, really well from mm. what I played with it. We played some Resistance the other night. Yes, yes we did. In fact, it spurned us on to playing some online mm. games because I wanted to use the headset element. I don't really play anything else. Is that the real reason you wanted us all to get Resistance? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm glad you did because we'll talk about it later, but mm-hmm. I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago. Uh, and is now on Amazon for about 70 quid, something like that. It comes with a, a USB dongle, mm-hmm. which you use to connect it to the PS3 or a PC or a Mac or whatever, so you can use this around sound with other things. Yep. Handy things about it, though, obviously it has a built-in microphone yeah, for using on play. It comes out all pimp. It does, it kind of comes out the side. There's <laughs> little LED lights on the mic, so you can tell the status from there, and it also gives you on-screen updates. Mm-hmm. Which is quite cool. So yeah, that's pretty cool. All the buttons are just kind of on the side, built into the plastic, so you're mm-hmm. kind of just pushing, bending bits of plastic rather than actually pressing things. But then when you press them, you see what you're doing on screen. Yeah. Uh, and it obviously plays the, the the game's output and the voice chat output at the same time through the same speakers. That's cool. That's a good idea. It's great. I'm yeah. really impressed with it so far. Very, very nice. A very good present. Extremely good present. I was very happy with that one. Although when I opened the box... I saw the kind of the blue packaging, and I'm like, "Is this a Vita?" <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I've always got to go that way. Like nobody's going to buy my phone. Exactly. Oh, this is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this now. A really, really great uh, present. Good rechargeable battery, so you just plug it into the USB to charge it back up. Excellent. Again. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Sounds like you hit the jackpot, Tiger. Really nice. Second piece of hardware, Gavin. Okay. Phil. Okay, I'm going to fill while... See, every time he does this, and you'll know this if you've listened to the show before, Phil will say Phil, and he means fill some time. I just think he's saying his name. <laughs> An illusion. <laughs> Here is the 3DS Circle Pad Pro. Ah, God, it's heavy. <laughs> if I whip out my bag as well... I'll These... Uh, Phil has given me Nintendo's 3DS peripheral, peripheral sorry, the Circle Pad Pro, oh, without the 3DS attached to it. Um, giving you it. Thank you for this present. There you go, there's the 3DS Thank well. you. If you slot that in and get an idea for the size and the bulkiness of that. Wow, that makes it a pretty big beast, doesn't it? It does. It is quite comfortable, though. I'm quite surprised how comfortable I found That's it. That's what I was impressed by. It got rid of the angular corners of the 3DS. Yes, absolutely. It makes it quite fun to Also makes me realise, because you're part of the uh, Ambassador programme, you have a lot of really nice stuff on your 3DS that I don't have. Like what? Like like all the... like The GBA games. All the GBA games, all the NES games. Yeah, that's uh, a right a bit of a... Bummer for me to be honest. I've got my 3DS with nothing on it. Like those push, push blocks or whatever. Those did make a big difference. Those did make a big difference. 
the 3DS pad I got for like I think it was £19 out of game yep uh, and it, I mean you've probably read about it because there's a whole lot of hubbub and with some of the announcements that came out this week yep. led on another set of hubbubs but what it does do is take away that nasty feeling mm-hmm. of the 3DS and give you this much more angular much more GameCube like controller is much more because I was kind of worried when I saw it that it would make it so bulky and unwieldy it doesn't yeah. even just holding it in one hand it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like there's too much there there's an element of a kind of Mad Cats add-on to it that <laughs> you know, yeah. should have stereo speakers a torch that comes over the top yeah. and a tiny joystick <laughs> Which, I mean, in many ways it does, but... It does make it more ergonomically sound. Yes, but it does make it big. And the odd thing about it is that because the screen's off-centre, mm-hmm. that takes a bit of getting used to it. And with the 3D, that's just another kind of stumbling block that they should yeah. have thought a bit better about. Because the 3D's got to be so dead on. It's difficult. I mean, I, do, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I do like it, but again, I know that there's not there aren't any games that I want that utilise it. No. I mean, at present, there's like maybe a handful of games. A handful at best. I bought it because uh, I was going to trade in Kid Icarus, mm-hmm. and I found, I found the packaging for it and remembered that I bought it in France. That's absolutely Kid Icarus. Kid uh, <laughs> <laughs> Icarus. Uh, so I couldn't trade it in here. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to get the best out of it, I'm going to get the Circle Pad mm. Pro. Because the one thing that dogged me about uh, Kid Icarus was the fact that as soon as you hit the ground, it was almost uncontrollable. Yeah, you could not control the camera, and yeah. apart from swiping with the stylus. It was heavy swipes or light swipes yep. and all that pish. Uh, I haven't played it with Kid Icarus yet because when I bought it, I also got Resident Evil Revelations. Yes. Which is my first game that I have been playing. Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen. Got there in the end. Oh, there we go. We got there in the end. This is just a saga now. <laughs> Resident Evil Resolu- Revelations, can't even say it. Now. Resident Evil Resolutions as a game. <laughs> the game from Capcom. Happens at New Year. You can get it for about 20 quid at the moment. 20, 20 pound a skull. 20 bangers. Uh, it's set in between 4 and 5. Okay. Uh, I've only played maybe about an hour or so of it so far. Yeah. But from what I've played of it, uh, it does look great. And it, it is nice. a full Resident Evil game on a Nintendo handheld. Well, which play, playing the demo for it, I was really impressed with how it looked. But mm-hmm. again, the controls with that single stick, yep. it doesn't work. That is one of the handful of games that you need. Now, without the stick, I played it for about five minutes mm-hmm. and was like, right, great. Stuck on the Suckle Pad Pro, night and day. No. Night and day, honestly. It's still not perfect. The controllers, it's not laggy. It's an odd way that it sends messages to the, th- to the 3DS. It took me a bit of working out, because there's no actual connections yeah. or anything you can see. It's infrared. Ah, right, that little infrared That little thing. thing takes a battery and it sends an infrared signal. It's not like there's a lag off the back of it, but I think the stick, maybe I've just not calibrated it correctly, but it's I'm always pointing down too much for where I, I don't feel like All right, it's okay. giving me quite enough control odd. over what I'm doing. However, night and day compared yeah. to using it with a stick. I think that there are going to be games... I mean, they can't develop games specifically for it. Because no. not everyone has it. Yeah. Yep. Which is always going to be the stumbling block. And we'll come into this when we talk about the 3DS later. Mm-hmm. But it's an odd wee peripheral. And I wish they'd never released it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's fine in a way because there's, Nintendo are good at kind of compartmentalising all their products. Mm. And if you're going to bring an Animal Crossing, which is for... Everybody owns a 3DS, yeah. but this is like a very niche. Shady, it is a bit of a niche product. A shady Connect. <laughs> if the only people who are really going to buy Connect are people that have played everything else and they're like, "Well, I'll just buy Connect." Yeah. So you no, know, no, I get you. Is, I get you. 
but it does make a control a lot better. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations would have been unplayable without it, but now I'm quite happy to play through it. Yeah. So far, I'm on a ship, and there's weird mutated aliens coming towards no me. No way. I've got to find Chris, and there's a Mexican guy with me called Lewis or something. The ultimate. Chicano. Is he going to say, is he, is he a mulatto or a Chicano? <laughs> I don't think you can say mulatto. You can't say mulatto. <laughs> it's fine. They um, don't mind. It does make the thing huge, but it's actually quite cool. I don't I'm think impressed. it makes it too huge, though. It's not any bigger than a Vita. Nope. 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 Not so, at all. And the triggers are quite nice. Triggers nice. The triggers are definitely a lot better than the yeah. current ones. And it leaves everything open that needs to be left open. You can still get into the headphones, you can still get into your power, and you can still get into the volume. Mm. Yeah, if, there, if there were games that really required it, I think there's I would like a Metal Gear game. One. There's like a Resident Evil Kid Icarus. Yeah, we'll see. That's we'll see. That. We'll see how they go with it in the future. Cool. What have you? Give me, give me one of your games. Game I've been playing, Phil. Phil, you talked about uh, Dear Esther last month. Yes. How you spent about ten minutes with it? Good stuff. I'm excited to hear about your thoughts uh, of Dear Esther. I can see why. Knowing you, why you spent ten minutes playing? Mm. Because I know. You and mm-hmm. I know you know you can't you don't even probably watch the stories in you know, big action games and stuff. You just skip it, skip it. That's cool. But um, it's definitely for me one of the most interesting experiences I've had. Certainly on on life. Okay. On life have given me that opportunity to play this game because I would never have been able to play it on my mm-hmm. laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a first person game. You kind of you're on. You explore this Hebridean island. Yeah. Um, you kind of make your way off to there's like a beacon in the distance and you're kind of is trying to get to it. Is it in the Hebrides? It is in the Hebrides, aye. I thought it looked Scottish. Yeah, yeah it's, it's in the Hebrides. Um, all the while you're playing, you've got this disembodied voice narrating these kind of uh, passages that create this... Yeah, I didn't even have the sound on. <laughs> you know what, Phil? You probably weren't the best person to, to try this game out. Oops. But they, they, they do these written passages and they add this kind of narrative outside of what you're doing in the game, but it also ties in at certain points to what you're doing. Mm. Um... I kind of go through what I liked, what I was going to do with this month. I was going to talk about what I liked, a little point, almost a praise sandwich, nice. if you will. Uh, I like it. But with the rest, I couldn't really fault it for what it was. Uh, the, the developers understand really quickly about if they can't distract you with action, they better have a story and something to back it up. That's things again, not to bash on Heavy Rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's our favourite. Yeah. Uh, our favourite whipping boy. They make sure that narrative has to be top-notch. And while it can be clunky in places, there's moments where you're just like, it's just so interesting. There's like, these like pure touching scenes mm-hmm. in it, and you're just walking through like a fucking cave. But with the whole uh, voiceover and whatnot, it just turns out really well. And it's just not, it's not all just plodding through grassy knolls. It's like going through caves, going under waterfalls, going through these like really weird, trippy, hallucinogenic underwater sections. You know, going through these hallucinogenic stages, and it's really, really cool. Um, it looks fantastic all the way through it. Um, you're always almost expecting... I don't know if it's the cause of other games, but you're always almost expecting something to jump out at you. Yeah, you expect there to be a monster at some point. Because you just expect it. You've come to expect it in a mm-hmm. game. You, there is an enemy and you've got to... And there's nothing? Not really, no. I mean, I would. I would I'm almost feel like... Not necessarily. Okay. Are the, are the demons your past? No, it's not. The thing is, DS is not so cliche as that. It's got something absolutely new mm-hmm. to me. That even games like that I've really enjoyed this year, like Journey. There's no other game really like Journey in terms of how it's made me feel playing it. Um, same with Flower beforehand and DS. Those three games together are games that I could not compare to others mm-hmm. because of how 
unique in how they make you feel while you're playing them. After you play it, it's about an hour long. I think I completed it in less than an hour. I was like, I could go playing that again some other time. And I don't really see there being much difference in the playthrough this time. Because it's quite linear. It's quite, go here, go here, go here, go here. There's little offshoots off the paths and stuff. But really, you'd be playing the same game again. But it looks so great. It plays so well. The sound's so good. The narration's done with this really kind of Shakespearean sort of timbre to it. Nice. Um, Just fantastic. Dear Esther, just... Exactly what I wanted at the time. And it was an on-live experience? On-live experience. Good stuff. The only good problem stuff. being with on-live is it didn't quite see how good it probably could look. It looks fantastic mm-hmm. when you stop and just appreciated it. Once you started moving, as with on-live, you get that kind of blurriness. Yeah. But I'd love to see it on, like, you know, running on a kind of a high-end really PC. High spec. Uh, well, yeah, it just goes to show you, there's games out there for everybody. Games out there for everybody. Um, it's my game of the month! Yeah? Yay! Congratulations! <laughs> You can't say congratulations anymore, man. No, Jesus. They're being so tough. <laughs> For uh, them. Cool. My next game, then. Okay. Uh, was Prototype 2. Prototype 2. I'm going to be quick on Prototype 2. Prototype 2, uh, Radical Entertainment. Yep. Through Activision. Uh, and I played it through on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can get that for about £30 at the moment, roughly. 30 bangers. 30 bangers. Uh, 30 rockets. I was quite excited about playing Prototype 2 and then stuck it in and got exactly the same feeling from Prototype 1, mm. where there's this kind of central character who's given all these amazing powers, and fair does, it has some, a bit of grim stuff happen to uh-huh. him. However, there's just it's devoid of all sense of kind of wonder and majesty that you just need from a superhero story. He just doesn't give a fuck that he's got these powers. Yeah, not only does he not give a fuck about it, he's so angry that his one goal is just crushing his enemy, and you're like, ah, oh, come uh-huh. on, you can actually jump over a building just be like whoa once (laughs) and I'd be happy I can't believe that I've got these powers yeah yeah fun game enough in in many respects to kind of use all the powers and take out the baddies and things like that looks incredible the story's alright you just always wish it was a Hulk game though you always wish it was a Hulk game and you always wish it was just sunny they make this beautiful recreation in New York City probably Mm. the best recreation of New York City that I've seen on a console yeah and then it's just slowly destroyed in front of you and it gets greyer and browner yeah. and darker and you're like, oh, 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 until it ends. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it, finished. Could, it, made, it made me buy Spider-Man today because mm. I just need something completely off. Nice and fun and breezy. And, yeah, yeah, a superhero game. Yep. Have a laugh. For all the prototype has always said about being a superhero game, you're not necessarily a superhero no. We're that anti-hero, image comics, 90s fucking brooding it's hero. It's extremely 90s, is what it is. On another note, I think Radical Entertainment announced today they were pretty much disbanding. Yeah, yo, I saw that actually, yeah, yeah they're, they're up to duff. Uh, but hey-ho, the game itself, fine, but the story, the, the premise, just needs odd. something else. Phil, that's a little odd. Why is that odd? Just saying, it's just a little odd. What were you playing? That's the big thing I've been playing has been Max Payne 3. Oh, yeah. Max Payne 3, eh? Rockstar's next big release. Uh-huh. Let me tell you all about it. Um, a blockbuster release in many respects. The thing is with Max Payne 3, right, it's not a bad game. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not a bad game in, in many respects. It's got loads of nice moments. It looks fantastic. It sounds great. Um, but it's like Arkham City was for me last year. It's not enough that it looks good. And it plays alright. Yeah. It just... See if the story doesn't in any way engage me. Like, I don't give a fuck what happens to Max Payne. Through from start to finish, 
who cares what happens to Max Payne? And I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. I traded it in without finishing it. I was about, I'd say, a chapter away from the end. Yeah. I looked it up. How long have I got to go in this? Rockstar I don't care. Needs to start doing I don't care. Something. I don't know what. I, I mean, I, because the fact is, from, from the very first gunfight to the very end of the game, the gameplay doesn't change. You don't necessarily, you don't learn anything new in the game. You don't start doing, and there's no new techniques, so there's no new, there's nothing. The, the gunfight that you start off with is the gunfight you end on. Right. Enemies might come in like an armoured enemy or a guy with a helmet that you can't shoot him in the head or something like that. Yeah. But necessarily, it's the exact same all the way through. The gunplay is really good. You've got that usual Max Payne jump to the side in slow motion, bullet time. Pow, 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 pow. Pow, pow, pow. Hey, how's it going? Shoot them. Um, it's gruesome in places. Mm-hmm. When you kill the, the thing I liked about it was when you kill the last guy in a room, because it comes in waves of enemies. When you kill the last guy, it goes to like a slow mo, mm-hmm. and it cuts to that last guy. And as long as you're holding in like X, and you can keep shooting at him, so he just gets ripped apart by bullets. Nice. And you're like, that's really gruesome, that's really gruesome. And But once you've seen it a couple of times, the, the novelty's lost. You just shoot him once and leave him. But you know the worst part of it is? It's got this, it's this tired, like, slumlord versus, like, you know, like the police. Like, the police are powerless here, Max. Oh, will no one stand up for us? Oh, the people with the money are on the country, Max. And he's like, oh, God damn it, I can't do this anymore. But that's really noir. Like stuff going on in the background, he's like, you know, it hit me like a forty-five slug, and Eesh. and it's a real, it doesn't, it grates really badly with this whole Latin, you mm-hmm. know, uh, slum thing going on. I don't know if it's meant to be that way because it's a whole fish out of water angle juxtaposition. The juxtaposition, yeah. exactly. The exact word I have here, but didn't say oh, because uh, I thought that sounded a bit wanky. Shut the bed. Shut the bed a bit, but you sounded like the wanker. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I I had no real desire to see how it ended. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Um, But it looks great, plays great. Another thing, before I even finish with it, another example of a a current-gen game being sidetracked by last-gen game thinking. Okay, Okay. Um, I like it. Hit me, sound like a wanker yourself. (laughs) Has to get it in there. I want him to sound like a bit like a wanker. No, but it is though, because like you think to yourself, why is this fun? Why is this in the game? There's moment, there's two or three moments in the game like this, but the specific one is that I've got written down is um, there's a point where you're in a boat and the engines go on fire, oh. and you have to turn off the engines like fuel pumps mm-hmm. before it'll let you out of the room. You can't get out of the room. The doors are locked until you do it, and you have to go up. The room's empty. There's no enemies. So you go up. You hit one switch. And there's a cutscene where you sw- you hit the switch and he pulls it, you know, he pulls some levers and stops one engine. But then you have to go to the other side of the room and do it again. What find where the switch is? Go and go pull it again. Watch a cutscene where he was it, and then the door opens. Mm. And it doesn't take long. It takes maybe two minutes. Yeah. But you think, why is that? And what? In what way yeah. did that en- enhance my idea. experience? Yeah. It's not fun. It doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't move anything forward for me. Why is it there? And that's what Max Payne is in a nutshell. It's something that you don't realise why is it there What's, <laughs> what purpose does it serve not at all nothing not a jot that's that's a shame I was kind of hoping Max Payne would be fun but you, you might like it you shallow prick I might I might <laughs> but I doubt it I, I severely severely I heard the gunplay was good in it the gunplay is good and it's satisfying that all the weapons are like when you get like a nice big chunky weapon again it feels like a bit of an event you mm-hmm. know you don't always get the bazooka or the flamethrower you get them at certain points and you, st- you know, this is really cool to use and then he throws it away. 
and pain. They're throwing shit away. There are nice levels though where it cuts back to when he's in New York and it's all heavy, stylized snow, yeah. um, and that works a lot better. I don't know if it's the fact that I've, you know games like. Army of Two and uh, Kane and Lynch have all tackled this whole slumlord favela, a favela kind of area, stuff, yeah. and it bores me to tears. But um, I, I just enjoy that kind of noirish tone more when it's in its appropriate setting. And that's the only thing it should be based on the favela level is a skateboarding game, <laughs> skateboarding that's game, um, or Fast or Five, a, a parkour <laughs> game, or Fast Five, exactly. Uh, right, my final game that I've been playing, mm-hmm. which I arrived yesterday along with the Circle Pad Pro and Resident Evil Revelations and being able to play Kid Icarus, Pokemon Conquest arrived. Yes, indeed. This is a bit of a surprise, weird game. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an odd game. It's just been... In fact, it got announced the day after I bought it on, like, imported it. It yep. got announced it got, it's going to get a date of release here. Yep. It's like July 27th, I think. My birthday! <gasps> Congratulations. Guess what you're getting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, been getting that? Actually, I'd be crazy. <laughs> Pokemon Conquest is... A kind of mashup game mm-hmm. between obviously Pokemon and and Skrillex and Skrillex. Uh, what's the name of the series? Uh, no, you're bun. Uh oh. Ultimate <laughs> Ultimate Burning. Gym. No bun agas at ambition. There you go. That video game series Good. from oh, Japan. No. You'll probably know that one yourself, listener. Well, obviously this is the first no no bang uh, ambition game that I've played. Okay, and uh, it's basically. Really? I know, odd it would seem. <laughs> it was more of the Pokemon that attracted me to it than anything else, I'll let, you be, I'll let it be known. You, have to, you start off as a warlord of, of this little town and you have a Pokemon, an Eevee. You don't get to choose the starting Pokemon? No, but the thing about an Eevee, Gavin, is mm. it's kind of like a blank slate of a Pokemon. Right, okay. If you use it with a Water Stone, a Lightning Stone, a Fire Stone, etc., oh, of course. You, can, you can change Shape. it to that type. Nice. Uh, so that element hasn't come into it yet. But you start off with your Eevee and you get a kind of partner who has a little Jigglypuff and she's your kind of tutorial. Nice. I like a Jigglypuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And the way it plays out is you'll fight people on a kind of plane, like an isometric plane. On a a plane? On a Like snakes on a plane. (laughs) An isometric kind of plane. And then you'll see their Pokemon come towards you. You can move so far in each turn. It's quite advanced Warzy when it gets to that stage. Nice. Uh, but what it does is, obviously this series has existed in Japan for a while, but coming over to the kind of Western audience, Pokemon act as this total entry-level way of showing you the, the fighting system. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what they did before, but obviously with Pokemon, they have the usual kind of system of, yeah. you know, fire beats grass, grass beats water. Mm-hmm. So that element get, comes into play. So yep. you've got to, when you beat some enemies, you'll be able to recruit them into your army. Okay. And then you'll have to defend these cities as you take over cities. There's kind of gym leaders, if you like, yeah. in each city. You'll fight them. You can recruit some of their team. You leave a couple in that city to defend it. To defend it but well. Other warlords will always be attacking All right, each okay. other. So you're fighting kind of different battles in different planes. You can only do so many. You can fight with everybody in one turn, but mm. at the end of that turn, you advance the game by one month. Right. Obviously playing towards this this timeline that must be running alongside it. Uh, and ultimately, you've got to take over all eight villages in order to find out the secret okay. of the Pokemon that created that city, that uh, region of Earth. All right. Very exciting stuff. What do you stuff, think Gavin? the Pokemon is? I have, I have no idea. Is that a Gyarados? <laughs> Who knows? I think it's also a Jigglypuff. I hope you find it. I really, I will. Phil. I got this game in about 8 o'clock last night when I got home from work, <laughs> yeah. and I played it for six hours or something before I went to bed. Phil, I really fi- hope you find what you're looking for. Thanks. NFT. <laughs> It is. Uh, it will be available from July twenty seventh. 
I highly recommend it. It's a great idea. It's mm-hmm. taking Pokemon and giving it this whole fresh new game. It works really fucking well. I like the fact that it would probably work for both series because I'm not. A, mm-hmm. I like Pokemon. I like the the, the idea of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But I don't particularly like playing the games. Yes, I find the games very hard work. And this the is games a gr- are hard work. You talk about a game that's stuck in last generation. That that's still the first game that came yeah. out. That that game um, I can never get into. But the fact that it's maybe a, another. Here's another, almost another genre yeah. that you can try. But it also works in the other, the favour of the existing series, the Absolutely. Ambition series. Yeah. They can be like, well, if you like that style, but maybe you're not, you know, you want to try something a bit more serious outside yeah. of Pokemon. You can try all this behind it. It's it's great and it works really well. All the sprites and stuff are really nicely designed. It's a, a DS game mm-hmm. rather than a 3DS game, but. No, it looks great. No, I'm, I'm willing to give it a try and get it for my birthday or someday. <laughs> Pal, friend. My friend. Uh, yeah, get it. Um, the other thing I was going to speak quickly about was Dragon's Dogma, which oh. I had very quickly, a Capcom game where I played for the PS3. But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it next time. Um, because right, we've okay. already talked more than enough about what we're playing at the moment. Well, why don't we do something else? <laughs> Gavin, how about we have some new releases for the month of July? Why don't you tell me what's coming up in the month of July? <laughs> is is uh, The Walking Dead episode 2 out yet? Not on PS3, I believe it's coming on Xbox and uh, Steam. But it's coming out now. It's out soon. We will have it by the time you can blink. Uh-uh. <laughs> but uh, Games that are coming out in the first week of July Theatre Rhythm, Final Fantasy Let me tell you quickly about Theatre Rhythm I played the demo for it on the 3DS mm-hmm. I love rhythm games, I love them I love This it. is kind of like a Donkey Konga game But in the spirit of a Final Fantasy epic I don't like Final Fantasy, right? Never really enjoyed the games But and I don't really know the music behind them But there's 70 Final Fantasy tracks The demo, itch, both of the songs on them are bitching <laughs> Um, and it's while you're playing the game, you know, as you get, as you do well, you fight baddies, and all this all goes on in the background. It is great, and as I say, I love a rhythm game. I'm going to buy this when it comes out. Yeah, get brand new, brand new, amazing. The 3D of it, along with the rhythm, it's going to be mind. It's going to be great. I'm going to be mind blown. Chuck a nut. Uh, Inversion comes out for the the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360, which is the game with the cover on its side. Uh huh. Do you think Inversion's that game, you know, kind of like Fracture or what was the other game that came out? Haze. You know, like Fracture was the one where you could raise and lower the the levels. Yeah, it's a game in which you can do shit to ground. Well, I'm thinking that there was a game before, I can't remember what it was, but there's these kind of games that come out where there's an idea Mm -hmm. and only that idea. Yeah, a game thrown at it. And then they throw the game at the idea, and that's the only thing that happens. You can raise and lower the ground, but what else? Nothing. (laughs) You can't do anything else. That's it. Is the rest of the game good? We don't know. A game for the 3DS I might buy, mm-hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts, Dream Drop Distance. Let me tell you, son, I played the demo for that game, and I didn't like it. I did not like that. Well, that's fair enough, man, but I might still pick up. I like the Kingdom Hearts. Might games. actually, i tell you what, though, might be better with the Circle Pad Pro. There you go. Probably will be. Everything is. <laughs> uh, Civilization add-on pack, Gods and Kings, I only mentioned because we're going to play that next month. We're going to play it for the next it. show. We'll both play it. In fact, maybe we can play it. Together. I don't think it is multiplayer. Surely we can play something together. We can play with each other's balls. <laughs> I don't want to play with your balls. Pokemon Conquest comes out. Boo. <laughs> Boo, a shite game. <laughs> uh, One Piece. <laughs> if you're into that. 
Is this it? Is it no, no, take it. Stop. 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 We've seen stop. enough. That's it. That's okay. it. That's July in a nutshell. Oh well. So we'll, we'll move on. There's a, there's a couple of decent 3DS games. A couple of decent 3DS games. I'm very much looking forward to Final Fantasy Theaterism. Theater Rhythm. Playing, getting all into my Final Fantasy tunes. <laughs> this is Eris' theme. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why she have to die? Don't, hey. Oh, spoilers. People might not know spoilers over there. <laughs> you've news. Been, you've been in Pharma Maggot Field again. <laughs> the <What>? news. <laughs> that was a link. Thank you. <laughs> You've been in Miss Farmer Huey Lewis's field. <laughs> You've been in Farmer Huey Lewis's field again. Now it's time for the news. <laughs> anyway, the power of news. We had a shitstorm brewing because of the 3DS XL. Hooray! <laughs> you all asked for it. It's time for a redesign of the 3DS. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's weird. It's huge. <laughs> I absolutely love it. They released this thing. It's um a. Pretty much the top screen is 90% bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a much longer battery life. It's much more rounded at the sides. It's not this big sharp thing anymore, which I think may address some of the concerns with the SucklePad Pro, mm-hmm. what it adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more similar to the Wii U. Yes, design. absolutely. Rounded corners. You Indeed. Know. Um, and there's no, from what people have said with hands-on, there's not a, much of a discernible difference in the picture quality when it's scaling it up. So... I think it's too hilarious not to get one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you ride on this one, I think. A lot of folks are going nuts about it because it's not got a second analogue stick. Oh, but wait. Doesn't it? Because they also <laughs> announced the CirclePad Pro XL. Exactly, to exactly. It, to make it even bigger. And again, that's another thing another folk are going absolutely apeshit about. And you think to yourself, the CirclePad Pro is a nice thing to have, yeah. but you don't need it. And Nintendo are not above bringing out a peripheral and then just going... What? Goodbye. <laughs> Every single peripheral Dropping in the last 10 was, years. I was falling out of my pocket. They haven't supported a peripheral in know. about 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they love this though. They love the, the, the extra stick. But that's what I get. Like, fine, make it with a second stick. And if you don't need it, don't use it. But why would Nintendo want such a massive hardware split one year into the whole system? I have no idea. Developers, are going, developers are going to be like, Oh, we'll just develop with two sticks in mind then. And then what happens to the people who've got the original 3DS, they've only had a year, they're going to be up in arms. You can't fucking win with these dickheads. <laughs> and by dickheads, I mean you, the listener. Don't call them dickheads, man. Why not? Fair enough. Exactly. Um, anyway. Yes. The, and I'm going to say that I've said it so many times, but the biggest mistake Nintendo ever made with the 3DS, other than having five good games in one year, is they released that SucklePad Pro in the first place. Now, I like it. But they should never have released it because it planted that seed in people's minds that you need it. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily need it. Nope. They could have said to developers, we're looking at you here, Konami and fucking Capcom. Find a different way to do it. Aye. Oh, by the way, we're making Metal Gear, but you, it's kind of shit because you can't control the camera. Well, we're not going to release it then if it's going to be that shit. Yeah. If you can't make a game that runs on our console. Yeah. Go and suck a big dick. And, uh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but then you think about it as well. Like, let's say they do this, the 3DS XL. I'm down for it. That's fine. Yeah. And let's say two years, which I think is the fine, the, the best way to do it. Release another 3DS, not necessarily even more uh, advanced. Mm-hmm. The same 3DS, just with a second analog stick. It opens such a wealth of opportunities for games that a whole new slew of games would arrive. Mm-hmm. People would think they need to upgrade, and it would seem like a whole new console. Yeah, that's fine, and they yeah. will do that, and it in will. Two years, and you'd probably be quite happy to take an upgrade. Exactly, well. and that will happen, I think. But right now, people are like, why doesn't it have a second stick? Because you're a fucking idiot. That's why it doesn't need one now. 
It doesn't need one right now. Exactly. Don't need one to play Rayman Origins. Go get that game. <laughs> if you don't it's have really a, good. If you don't have a PlayStation or an Xbox, if you've only got a 3DS and you're listening to this show, I don't know why you would be. But go and get the Rayman Origins. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gents, that ends our news. Oh no no no! I've got one more thing to <laughs> talk about. News? Did you hear about the Xbox 720 document leak? Oh, this is a, a little while ago now, but we've not done news in that long. Um. Because I'm hesitant, to, more. hesitant more to talk about it almost because it's not big news. in no way confirmed. But this document got leaked, right? Right. And it had all the information for the new Xbox. Oh, just laid out there. Yeah, all the information apart from like the spec, um, uh-huh. what it looked like, what it would actually do. Um, <laughs> so what did that actually tell you? It had pictures like really bad um, storyboards of people, you know, using Connect as they do now, uh-huh. um, and saying things like social integration. Oh. And, uh, you know, films. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what is a really wanky kind of pre-document? It's essentially office. like a big crazy mood board that they're just like, ah, you know what, this is what we want. But, you know... Yeah, it's uh, imagineering. It's imagineering, exactly. Yeah. They're thinking outside the box. They're going to crystallise some ideas and see what happens going forward. Put that on ice. Pick it up by COP. The Xbox 720. Why would you call it that? No, no. Imagine they did now, though. Aye. Where's Mario 128? That's what I want to know. Numbers have to go sequentially. It's the only way it works. Rubbish. Um, With a lot of rubbish. With a lot of rubbish. Anyway, that's our news. That's our news. We're done now. Goodbye. Goodbye, news. Gavin, it's that time of the show once again. (laughs) Where we travel (laughs) to another realm. Oh, God. To find out the very latest in gaming news on handheld devices, such as the iOS and Android. And nothing else. Throw the staff through the void in front of you. Hold on a second. Right. You got him. Did you see that staff? Fucking, it flew right by me. Where did that come from? It went, it came from the, the Shire. (laughs) I don't know, I'm getting my fucking analogies mixed up. Anyway, right. Welcome to Game of Phones. Astaroth's number one <laughs> gaming podcast. It's a podcast within a podcast. Podcast within a podcast. Sorry, I'm getting really confused. <laughs> You've had too much of Maester's wine? I think I have, to be honest with you. I've had too much of this Perlenbacker. Where'd you get that from? Perlenbacker in a Cadillac. I got it from... <laughs> Did you jump down from the wall? Jumped down from the wall and went to uh, Heidel. Anyway, enough amazing exposition. That's <laughs> amazing chat. Let's talk about games. Mobile gaming at its finest. My pick for this very month? Uh-huh. Dungeon Village. Why don't you just jump in first? I'm gonna. On iOS. On for two fifty. Two pounds fifty. Two pounds fifty. It's a Kairosoft game. That's very expensive. It is, but I'm a sucker for Kairosoft games. Yeah, I'm indeed. on board. I've got them all so far. Some of them are okay, some of them are not great. Some of them are really good. This is one of the really good ones. Tell me the name again. Dungeon Village. Dungeon Village. Dungeon Village. Okay. It's basically you kind of control an RPG village. Okay. So the little characters are going out and fighting monsters, which you don't have very much control over, mm-hmm. but they live in your village. Right, okay, so you're taking care of them while they're out. While they're, yeah, you they're, can they're, kind of set them off on adventures, uh-huh. and but me, most of it's about building up your village and making it more attractive, so more adventures will come and stay with okay. you. They all kind of have fun, you know, plays on Laughs. classic games. Are there any lols? There's a lot of lols. Okay. There's a lot of weapons to get. There's a lot of odd characters and quirky people that turn up. No way. It's good fun. <laughs> you unlock different buildings quirky and plants. People. Make a beautiful village. Mm. 
uh, like I said, it's one of the better Kairosoft games to come out in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Last couple of years, last couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> <Whenever laughs> month. bring it. Um, <clears throat> but at two fifty is fairly pricey. However, unlike most of the Kairosoft games, mm-hmm. the visuals are quite high res. All right, so okay. You don't get that whole blurry effect. Yeah, for, I'll, I'll have a look at this on your. Yes, your please iPad. do. Does it have Retina support? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> What's your game? What I'm going to talk about, Phil, is a very old game in terms of iOS games, but there have been so many additions and updates to this game that the difference between the first release and what is now the game is so stark, staggering, that you will not believe it. Hit me me with a name. Jetpack Joyride. Oh. Jetpack Joyride is the best game on the iPhone. Old as gold, Doctor Doom style. I'm telling you right now, it's the best That's game the on one. the iPhone. That's the one. That's the one game. Mm. Now, I played this again recently mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time. Why don't you explain a little more? Jetpack Joyride is one of hundreds of these permit- perpetual motion games. You're kind of piloting a character along a side-scrolling screen, constantly moving, and you're avoiding objects as you go. Mm. Uh, you press in the screen, and your character rises, and you let it go, and he falls, and. When the game first started, that was more or less it. You had vehicles yes. that you would find, and you would, you know, become a big mech, or you would become, you know, on a hog, on a hog, which is cool. Uh, but there have been, I mean, there's loads of games like that, but none of them have the level of polish, care, and attention that Jetpack Joyride has, and support, and yeah. support, of course. Um, loads of achievements, uh, other other than just getting a high score and how far you can get, which is all game center and open faint supported. You also have uh, gadgets that you can buy. Yes. The gadgets are the most recent edition, and they're like, you buy them in-game with in-game currency, which you can pay for or you can earn, which mm-hmm. is very easy to earn money in the game as well. Yep, it's not stingy uh, in giving you. It's not stingy. It's not like, you know, so nothing's completely out of your reach. It's only maybe a couple of games away. It's, it's a nice balance they've got where mm. it's challenging. Yep. Well, I said, if you want something that's really expensive, you will have to work for it, yep. but surely that's... Yeah, part of it's, gaming it's in general right, yeah it's the right balance it's the right amount um, each you get a gadget which you get two slots for gadgets mm-hmm. um, you know one might be a bouncy ball so when you die you become encased in a monkey ball style ball mm-hmm. which you'll bounce along um, one might be one where coins are attracted to you when you fly by them but there's so many different combinations that it makes every game different when mm-hmm. there's all these things going on and there's also achievements to unlock there's uh, little challenges in every level where you, you can, can prestige you can pres- I've prestiged like five times now in it. I've played like more than 20 hours on Jetpack Joyride. Mm-hmm. I love it. I play it every day on the train in. Makes your fucking train journey whiz by. Um, I think you mentioned the most important part about Barry's Jetpack. Because mm-hmm. the one you start off with, it's just two machine guns. Just the two machine guns, yeah. <laughs> um, you can upgrade. Well, you yeah. upgrade there's no, some, it's, all the jetpacks control the same, but there's aesthetic changes you can make. And each of those kind of kills the guys that are running about the screen in different manners. Well, that's the best. That it's really the, cool. It is the attention to detail in it. Like, um, one of the gadgets is a little robot dog, uh-huh. and he runs about the screen at the bottom, and he collects coins for you, and he kills the scientists around you or knocks them over. But when you get into one of the vehicles... For instance, the the hog, the big uh. motorbike, a little sidecar appears and he jumps in it. <laughs> or there's like a big dragon you can ride, yeah. and he jumps on the nose of the dragon and flies along with it. It's really, really cool. Like it's just you get a teleporter, he gets his own wee teleporter, and <laughs> the, the attention to detail is staggering. Half brick are probably out, maybe outside of ravenous games. They've released a few stinkers recently, so mm-hmm. I'd say they're my favourite iOS. What was developers. the last ravenous game? Do you know the name? The last one I got so was the 
Oh no, they've released one since then, but it was the cat one, remember the... Like, Burger Cat. Burger Cat, yes. Oh. A stinker. A stinker. An absolute she anor of a game. Yeah, I love uh, Jetpack Joyride as well. I played it for the first time in a while, mm. the other week, and I've been playing it pretty much non-stop yeah, since. Yeah, I love it, and the fact that I'm... Um, it is vastly different from the last time I played it. Yeah. all the gadgets and things. Well, last thing, I mean, I, I swung them like three quid on the store, and I went, you know what, I actually want to give them money, because it's a free app, so... Yeah. I'll give them that three quid and I bought like all the wee costumes I wanted and stuff like that and like a few wee bits and bobs and you're like I don't mind because it's worth it it's worth it it's worth and three it's quid it's one of the best premium games premium games it's the best game on the iPhone <laughs> alright <laughs> say it <laughs> say it Jerry Jerry help us Park Jerry can't save you now I'll fucking knock him out where is he where is he <laughs> Gunman Clive is the latest game from one-man ornery varmint Bertolt Horberg, who makes games from his Fortress of Solitude in the North Pole. If you've not guessed yet, there's very limited information available about this guy. I tried Wikipedia and everything. Gunman Clive is a side-scrolling platformer aimed at the touchscreen market with an on-screen D-pad. Whoa, whoa, stop, stop, come back. It's okay. This game doesn't stink. The on-screen controls can get a bit iffy, but the action isn't usually frantic enough to require pixel-perfect moves. Set in a highly stylized sketch-style Old West, you're the not-so-toughly-named Clive who is out to rescue Mayor Johnson's daughter from a bunch of miscreants. It's pulpy enough to work. The action unfolds against a parchment-looking background, and Clive and his enemies are rendered as scratchy ink sketches on the yellowed landscape. It's like the video for AHA's Take On Me meets a wanted poster. As you haul your chap-spinning ass to the right, you come up against a string of bad guys, as well as animals, that get in your way. Your trusty six-shooter gets a bit wicka wicka wild wild west, as it can power up to fire all sorts of anachronistic artillery. Overall, the game is a bit short, but the bosses are a real challenge, and the later levels shake it up a bit with moving train stages, minecart chases and the like. You may struggle with the touchscreen controls, but the difficult spots are spaced out enough to make it a doable challenge. However, do expect to die and restart from the beginning of the most recent stage on a regular basis. And now, some short words in the Old West by Mark Twain. It's time to begin. Now, count me in. Tush pushing, thunder footing, cowgirl twisting, no resisting. Drums banging, steel twanging, two stepping, end to end. Hardwood crawling, some four walling, rug cutting, cowboy strutting, burning, yearning, winding, grinding. Let's begin the dance again. My boots scooting baby is driving me crazy. My obsession from a western. My dance floor date. My rodeo Romeo. A cowboy god from head to toe. Wanna make you mine. Better get in line. Five, six, seven, eight. You're mine. All mine now, Bubba. Gonna rope you in. So, count me in. Five, six, seven, eight. Gunman Clive is available on Google Play for £1.49. I think that deserves a few round of applause. It really does. Like, <laughs> Jerry did pull the... <laughs> Jerry's better than us, isn't he? Jer- I know we joked about oh, it in the past, I but yes. You can tell that this boy's actually thought about what he's got to say before he says it. He was covering the whole Olympic relay torch thing. Ah, uh-huh. Jerry did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, if you follow Geshcast on Twitter, um, you can also find Jerry's account. It's like Jerry McGee. Yes. Um, on Twitter, and he does a lot of really cool stuff. A lot of more, more cool than... Us. Yeah, he's, he's out and about, he's out there, doing things. Yeah, you feel like Whereas he's maybe... in here, not doing stuff. He's attached his, uh, attached to the wrong 
trailer. Aye, <laughs> something about a wagon and a star. Something like but that. It's back to front. Aye, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank yes. you for listening to Game of Phones, Glasgow's Fantastic. number one gaming podcast and BDSM podcast within a podcast. <laughs> back to Earthwind. Goodbye. Bye. Right, fantastic Game of Phones episode. Game of Phones was really good this month. Podcast. Game of Phones was really, really, really good this month. Yeah, could you feel it? Positive reinforcement. What I'm thinking is, Phil, these uh-huh. idiots at home say... Stop calling them names. What? <laughs> Stop calling them names. They don't even listen to it. Ah, oh, fair enough. They don't even hear it. All they hear is my voice. <laughs> my beautiful chocolate voice. The thing about this, the thing about these idiots, Phil... <laughs> yes. They don't even know... <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> We're the best in town. Right, anyway. Uh, I want to talk to you really quickly yeah. about the theme. <laughs> the theme, right. Our new plan for the theme is that we're going to write some... How many did we do? We did like three each. Three each. And then we put them into a website which makes a random selection that uh-huh. was made by a primary school somewhere. Yep, it was indeed. <laughs> On primary colours too. <laughs> Uh, which picks out the random theme that we talk about, mm-hmm. and then that's our theme for the episode. So, Phil. Now, what I meant to do for mm-hmm. the end of this episode was yep. pick the next theme live. Okay. We can do that. We can do that. Okay, good. It's not a problem. Sound. So, what is the theme this month? This theme is Jaw Droppers. Jaw Droppers, you. You motherfuckers. Jaw Droppers, you. Wow. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that was impressive. And what, I mean, Phil has raised the point that I may be slightly too abusive towards. And it's only from a, pl- a place of love. Exactly. You know what I mean? I hope. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you said yourself. Nuradim. <laughs> You're the Bobby Heen in the podcast. This is the only way I'll get over, mm-hmm. as they say. The wo- old woman is actually one of the wrestler's grandmas. Exactly. These guys are just marks. Anyway. This is our theme. Theme is jaw droppers. Get your jaw off the floor. <laughs> this is it. What we're talking about is gaming moments, which mm. have literally dropped that jaw to the point where you've been like, this has changed, this is a game changer. This, this is the biggest thing I've seen in a long time. Exactly. Now, we've chosen three moments each. I've mm-hmm. chosen more contemporary ones. Uh-huh. Phil, why don't you start us off with one of your jaw-dropping moments in games! In games! I'm going to kick off with a big one, Gavin. Okay. Because it's one that set the tone for a theme which took over games. Okay. Interesting. That first zombie in Resident Evil. Okay, okay. Him that turned round, dead slow. Exactly. Yep. You know, he's burned into your brain. Mm-hmm. And from that Both versions. On, the, yeah. the, the remake one and the old one. From that moment on, zombies have pretty much been in every game ever mm-hmm. made since. You'll find a zombie in every game if you look hard enough. Absolutely. It was uh, just a huge moment and just really set the tone for the whole game ahead of you. At that point, you hadn't really played, well, I guess Alone in the Dark, but that was the first... Aye. That wasn't exactly action-orientated. No, but I mean, the thing with Resident Evil was when you first saw that zombie, Mm. you saw... Not only was it like that full kind of... Not full motion video, but had that bit where you know like the and yeah. all the blood and then uh, it cut to that crazy CG zombie look yeah. but shit got real at that moment unbelievably real you didn't know what to do you fucking try to equip a gun I, or getting the knife out or you just bolt Resident Evil it. itself didn't lend itself well no, at that moment no. panic and Resident Evil don't but that's when you can still uh, say you know the control scheme adds to the tension <laughs> which is what they tried to get away with at first but you know Resident Evil 6 is pushing that a little uh, bit that's it by this point you should have it 
But um, no, absolutely phenomenal. Moment I completely agree with you. Yeah. Once I saw that, you think to yourself, games took a fucking step up. At absolutely. that point, irrespective absolutely. of my feelings on the Resident Evil series as a whole, um, just in the horror games, mm-hmm. I think that was probably the first moment that I ever shot myself. A game that game. can legit scare you. Yeah, and there's other scary moments in it, like the dogs coming through the windows yep. and things like that. But that first zombie man, you remember every inch walking into that room, yep. the camera just coming to the wrong angle. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I remember seeing that first time on the PlayStation, and that was fine. I'm not playing the game, I also, but the first time I ever properly played Resident Evil was the Resident Evil One remake on the GameCube. Yeah, knowing because it was such a massive, big thing, the dogs coming through the window was the biggest scare in oh, games. Tents coming up to that corridor. I didn't, but the thing is, any time a corridor came up, because I didn't know when it happened, I didn't uh-huh. know which corridor it was, which window it was, any time I'm going by a window, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. I mean, the, the game's own legacy created a scare in itself, mm-hmm. because you knew it was coming, almost the fear of being scared is more... Powerful than fear itself. More, exactly, what is more powerful? <laughs> palpable. Very palpable. Go, hit me with an jaw-dropper. Jaw-dropper. I've got a much... I, uh, I don't know. The biggest one I was going to talk about quickly was um, a, a recent one, which is Flower. Ooh. I first played Flower in your old house uh-huh. when you had it on the PlayStation. You got your PlayStation a few months before I did. And I remember playing it, and you were quite like, yeah, cool, yeah, we'll have a, have a shot of it, and blah, blah, blah. And I, we were doing other stuff, but I was kind of taken aback by it. I was mesmerised by it. I was mm. still trying to, you know, have a laugh and engage with you while you were prattling on about some idiot Ruining another Ruining really, for me. you know, in-depth story for And you. I thought to myself, I'll stop now because I don't want to play any more of this because I feel like it's something special. Uh-huh. And I went home and I was talking about it, to, even talking about it to my missus, like, you should have seen this fucking game. Mm-hmm. Um, I eventually got my PlayStation and the first thing I did pretty much was download Flower for it. It was one of the first things, even on my store history. Mm-hmm. I went back on it recently. First one. I was like, although sadly it was like Ghostbusters the demo I think was the first thing I got but um, Flower was the first game I actually bought on it and Flower is such a a change in tone and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that a game it lets you see that games can't don't just need to be about shooting folk they don't need to be just about jumping over a platform a game doesn't need to be a game it was probably the first game that I had and you saw uh, that was Whole blue skies and green grass, uh-huh. well, at least for the offset. It's and colourful, glorious, and you know all the blades of grass. It's first high definition kind of. Yeah, I mean that's another thing that really made it stand out was yeah. the fact that this is a truly step into the, in the air quotes, next gen. Yeah, and yeah. you think, I mean, it conveys a story all the way through the game without necessarily having any words or anything yeah. coming up and it's just beautifully rendered all the way through and it changes what you think people can do with games it was extended in Journey uh-huh. um, and Journey uh, without going into Journey it was another one of these games another where you think jaw dropper. another jaw dropper but um, yeah Flower for me is my, probably the biggest one in the last if not ever for a, me a, fl- a flourishing choice what can games do that <laughs> <laughs> my next choice mm-hmm. Is another kind of graphical adventure. Okay. It's the start of Bioshock. The first Bioshock? First Bioshock. Okay. Starts a real, off. Really strong opener. A phenomenal opening yeah. to a game. Probably really. It's not given enough kind of. It gets a lot of praise, but mm. Bioshock, I think maybe because of Bioshock 2, seemed a bit lazy yeah. compared to the first one. It, it was massive. Mm-hmm. It was huge and it was beautiful. And that whole scene where you're on the plane, the plane crashes into. 
just this black ocean. Yep. You've got one kind of direction to go in. You're controlling the game the whole time. Mm. This is a game that doesn't stop and take the control away from you. Yeah, it you're lets you do it. In the game at all times. You head towards this. It's the kind of crackly music in the background, mm. beautiful art deco looking yep. thing. You get into the ball thing lift yeah. and then descend. You start plummeting and think all the while there's a story kind of building behind yep. you. And then all of a sudden it just glass opens and you just see Rapture in front of you. Yep. And you're like, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think the thing with these jaw droppers... Jaw droppers. ...is that it's something that you've never seen before and you think to yourself, this has changed what I perceive games to be. Yeah. This is something everyone else now has to step their game up a little yeah. because of this that I'm was, look, This thing I'm looking at right now. It was just a, a level of care and attention and design had gone into the game mm-hmm. that... Although it was a new style, maybe there hadn't been so many Art Deco games before, but it just was glorious to mm-hmm. behold. Absolutely, and the fact that when I played the demo for Bioshock, mm-hmm. it got to that point where you were kind of trapped in the room, you turned around and there was glass, and there was like guys banging on the glass, mm-hmm. and you could see their silhouettes through it, because it was yeah. frosty glass. Fantastic. And that's where the game ended, and that was the point where, and the thing a lot of people don't get with demos is not, just shows how the game plays, but you want to see what happens after that. Yeah. What happens... After, what happens now? Did they get through the glass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll be sweet if they do. <laughs> you know? uh, the, Bioshock's a brilliant game the whole way through. Yep. It got, it, you know, the whole mem taking over the ending and things mm. like that. Doesn't shouldn't detract from how good that first place. And things it took me so long to play it because I played the demo. I really want to play this. Really want to play this. And I put it off for so long. And then Bioshock 2 came out, and yeah. that kind of sullied the whole thing a Take little. A little the wars a wee bit. Um, and I, I eventually did go back and play. And it's by, the original Bioshock, a lot of fun. Even and Bioshock Infinite, when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Although I know, I've seen stills and things like that. I've seen pictures of how beautiful it looks. Mm-hmm. Still not going to be that. <sighs> yeah. That it's going to have to do a lot, because I think maybe... You that, know too much of the series now. Uh-huh. Well, you that, know that, too that, much of the style, and they're going to have to keep some of the style. This was just... Brand new. That's why games again like Flower and Journey, yeah. because there's no other real gameplay elements like it in modern games. That you can't, you, it lends itself to there's nothing quite like it. Mm-hmm. Um, with Bioshock, there are hundreds of FPS yeah. games out there. They need to do something that you go, holy, holy shit! This is I've never seen this before. A fucking whale going past shoals of fish. Yeah, just bush. Yep. Gavin, would you kindly give me your next choice? Next one is a tiny moment from a game, but a game. Nonetheless, which was washed over quite a lot a couple of years ago uh, from Enslaved. Mm-hmm. Now, Enslaved, again, um, a really good example of a demo which sells the game. Yeah, uh, Vanquish did it through gameplay pretty much alone. Johnny did it, um, and sorry, not Johnny, sorry, um, Enslaved. Johnny to the West? Johnny to the West. West, not East. East. Who knows? Somewhere. Johnny to the West. They're going somewhere. Let's see. Circus is in it. They're away left or right. <laughs> But the the moment for me which sold it, and it makes me think of the urgency in this bit, you know, at the very start of the game, you're on a massive spaceship. Yeah. It's turtling towards the ground, and you're climbing Uncharted style up the side of it. Mm-hmm. All the while, it's crashing to the ground, and there's a massive skyscraper. You're on a dead collision course with it. You've only got maybe 10 seconds to get to where you need to go, and the game's pushing you. It's constantly coming towards it, in real time, coming towards this massive skyscraper. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck, 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 go, 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 go. This urgency that no other game has had for me in the last ever, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just like, I need to get there, because look, that that fucking massive that thing is coming right now. That's <laughs> going to hit me. I will hit that thing and I will die. There's no... And that 
insane level of like go 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 it has to be now it has to be now you need to do it you need to do it rush aye and you think mm. that uh, enforced kid on adrenaline rush that I don't get because I don't play sports <laughs> and I don't do anything active and I don't ever have anything exciting in my life <laughs> I have to do it in this game I have to be a crazy monkey Andy Suckers guy and the game itself is great mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed Enslaved I'd love to have seen another follow up to it because there's so many imaginative moments in that which you know there's a lot of climbing and a lot of you know hanging over massive precipices yeah and yeah it's another game that looked amazing as it well. looks fantastic but it just didn't quite all come together in such a way that a new IP needs to because yeah. it needs to really capture everyone's imagination like an Uncharted does yeah uh, but it was advertised but it just wasn't advertised in the right way I don't think aye it's just I mean it's who, kind of half-heartedly I was like yeah. Ah, here there it goes. Go. Here's your enslaved game, and people go, ah, okay. But enslaved's a fantastic game, irrespective mm-hmm. of how it ends in a really shitty fashion. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I think enslaved that moment of urgency that uh, you don't get anywhere else. I've not had that. I like it. Yeah. The so what's, what, what's your next? What's your next moment? Uh, here's an older one. The when? first time you saw Fatality in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Was that not yes. just the most amazing moment of your wee life? It you was went, pretty amazing. Oh my amazing. god! <laughs> the the gore. The thing when, when even a shite one, we just uppercutted them off the bridge and you landed on the spikes. Oh, uh, metal! Oh, that's. It, I mean, it's metal as shit. It is metal. And well, uh, metal's a, a topic we'll come into. Oh, not bivalities or friendships on <laughs> metal. But um, I always remember one of my biggest moments. I guess a jaw dropper uh-huh. for me was being in the time capsule coat bridge. Playing against someone, and I don't know who it was, just a random wee guy. Went Sub Zero, obviously, the best character in Mortal Kombat. And I knew because Sub Zero's fatality is essentially a dragon punch. Right. And it was at that point Mortal Kombat was pretty new, but I knew this by like reading like Mean Machines or something like that. Games Master Magazine. Pulled it off in front of everybody, and it was one of those like fucking kids' arcade moments, like 90s, pulled down my shades. <laughs> See you later. Square. <laughs> had a t-shirt, that's, a t-shirt that says like "Let's Slam" on it or something like that. Le Shark. <laughs> a big Le Shark top on, skin tight on my fucking young man boobs. But yeah, I mean that was the greatest moment. Just pulling off a fatality in front of everybody, ripping off that guy's head. I've got something to tell you. Mm. I was, I was that. that boy. <laughs> Joe Drabo. Then we played uh, Lucky and Wild in the arcade. It was great. <laughs> That was that was my next one. What you got? What you got? You don't need to explain a fatality more. Come about everybody. Seen them. everybody. My, my last big moment. So I've picked mostly contemporary ones, mm-hmm. but it was a uh, Dead Space Two. A moment I'd completely forgotten about. I've got a Dead Space Two one. Let's see if that's the, the first similar one. Well, it's the biggest one. The eyeball moment. Yeah, yeah. Of course. The eyeball moment in Dead Space Two is one of the most uncomfortable, mm-hmm. gory. If you don't do it right squeamish horrible disgusting moments in a game and it's brilliant <laughs> it is the most like there's a moment in the game if you haven't played it where you essentially have to get into a machine yeah. and you need to essentially give yourself an injection in the eyeball <laughs> but you can it kind of drags into it and it yeah the, the screen it constantly moves in on your eye as you go in you're moving this little injecting machine yeah. closer and closer to your eye and you can't fuck it up if you go too far it goes right in your eye and you go ah <laughs> you're, just, you're just piercing uh, if you're not interested in playing the Dead Space games but you're interested in seeing some horrible stuff yeah. just look up on YouTube um, Dead Space 2 death cutscenes 
and you'll get a big giant list of all the ways you can die and it's disgusting <laughs> but the eyeball one is the worst of all because it plays on all those fears everyone has about their eyes having to inject yourself just in the right way with your mm. eyeball not being entirely sure you're doing it because you're mental aye exactly why, <laughs> why am I doing this am I maybe mental just putting that needle just in just mm-hmm. in the eye mm-hmm. and oh it makes you just feel so bad but you think where have you had where have you had that feeling before in a game you haven't you haven't had that oh, oh my god oh yeah. why do I have to you almost feel like you're doing it to yourself in a way and oh it's the only similar time I could think of would be mm-hmm. our favourite Heavy Rain Heavy Rain he has to chop off the finger mm. but at the same time wasn't really the same thing the difference with the one with Heavy Rain I feel is that Heavy Rain it was like you're going to have to chop off a finger. Mm-hmm. Cool, do it. Bump. That's yes. not my finger. Uh, but when you're so close, right in the eyeball, eyeballs are different. Yeah. It just builds tension all the way It builds that it. tension. Go, yeah. You're going to have to cut off a fucking finger. Okay, cool. Bump. Give me back my boy. Press X to cut off finger. Jason. Jason. But yeah, there was no, there was no, not a tension level in that. But yeah, Dead Space 2, that section just, oh. Yes, Still. I also had that. It was on my no- noticeable mentions. Noticeable mentions? Notable. Uh, do you want to hear some more? I'd love to because you no have more than I did. Uh, well, I'll not go into them in any great detail. I was going to talk about the Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're playing through that, there's always this... Even the way it kicks off, it's like dawn of the first day, 72 hours remain. Yep. And you're oh, like, shit. Oh, <laughs> crap, what does that mean? Yep. And then there's, again, tension just all the way through the game. But that first run-through, when you get it right mm. from fucking start to finish, you save Hyrule, you save everybody in Hyrule, you yep. do everything you need. That was a rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God of War 3. God of War 3. The opening scene from that with Mount Olympus and the oh, Titan yes, climbing up it, and then you fight Poseidon on top of it. Yep. What? That was bitching. I'll tell you what, though, and also speaking of God of War 3, well, we're on it, the ending of God of War 3, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed because it was that whole ambiguous. I know it's so stupid, like, did he live, did he die? But it was a really poignant ending to it. Like, Kratos is like, you're a hard bastard, but you also love. You love your daughter. What do you love, Kratos? My daughter. My baby, I'm a baby daddy. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. in the village. That yes. first village you get to, and then. We you mentioned that I think um, last month. It was yeah. it's like how the looking at screenshots of it, and I couldn't quite believe it. But like I was still like having the Mega Drive and stuff at times, <laughs> and going like, I need to get a GameCube. I need to get a game. Like look at that. Look at that game. Look at this. It's beautiful, Mum. And then it's petrifying. Like, oh my god. I, oh my god. Played the on my T-Rex CRT. And Tomb Raider. <laughs> I remember the T Rex <laughs> and Tomb Raider. When that happened. Ah! <laughs> there's two tigers. Fuck. There's a T Rex. Aye. Wild. That was wild. Uh, the plane crash in Uncharted 3 mm-hmm. and yep. the train in Uncharted 2. The train in Uncharted 2 edges it for me because there was a lot more like, oh, yeah, kinda, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. Oh, fuck, hang off the side of a giant wild as well. Uncharted 2 does take it over Uncharted 3, man, easy. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree. Um, and finally, mm-hmm. when you get to the Tower Knight in Demon's Souls. Which one's the Tower Knight? Oh, the big giant one. The big giant one. Aye. All the way through it, it's been so difficult up to the point where you just want to give up initially anyway mm. but then you get to a baddie and you're like right I can defeat a boss I can mm-hmm. take out that fail next guy after a couple of turns that's okay okay you get on the next boss yep. you're like, I've done this before it looks manageable it looks like a monster and then you come across the tower knight ah, he's and just it's a... just this guy who's like a skyscraper in front of you and you're a tiny person yep. like a level 3 spear yep like a like a step one step from him will kill you yeah 
And that's it. And he's not only that, he's magic. <laughs> <laughs> he's magic. But the, and there's archers. I was going to say, do you know what the thing, the thing that makes it, like, you think, the cheek? Aye. Not only is he there, but there's archers all around <laughs> you. <laughs> like, fuck off, team. But that's not the moment, Gavin. The moment mm. is beating him. Oh, when I beat him, that was fantastic. Uh, uh, you pumped your fist to the air so hard. I felt so good. That was my draw jump moment. Jaw drop. This would have been a jaw dropping podcast, my friend. It has been. Look, I've had a brilliant time today. Listen, I'd like to say thank you, first of all, to Phil for just being one of my best friends Shucks. and for maybe just doing this podcast with me. Look forward to <laughs> Saved by the Podcast. We or whatever we want to call it. If you've got a good name, please contact us at Geshcast on Twitter. Or at uh, Saved by the Bell Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if they want to send us any suggestions by email, where do they send it to? They would send it to teamgesh at geshcast.com. Indeed. Please, if you're on iOS, get the new podcast app. You can subscribe, you can review, you can do all that. If you don't have the new podcast app, just fucking review it. Aye. You know what I mean? It's a bad review, I don't care anymore. I I, I really don't care. (laughs) We've not had a bad review on iTunes. So that might be a wee kick up the arse. Exactly. (laughs) Use our rubbish. We know. Tickle our arse a wee bit. Um, (laughs) What else would we like to say before we we split? Um, Are we going to pick the next theme? Yes. Hey Gavin, I've entered all the details into the, the supercomputer. The random number choice guest cast supercomputer. Well, I guess it's time to select one from all our themes. Selecting. The choice is difficulty. So the next theme of guest cast will be based upon difficulty. And what does that exactly? What exactly does that mean, Phil? Do you want me to explain it a little further? A little bit further. I want to kind of talk about. Not necessarily what you, the difficulty choice that you pick says about you, mm-hmm. but what you believe it says about you. All right, okay, okay. Uh, I thought maybe as well we could go into how some games now assist you when a level's getting too difficult, or uh-huh. kind of prompt you to maybe change things. Okay. And, you know, just wanted to get into that. Cool, very interesting. I have a lot to say about this subject, so um, tune in next Episode for Geshcast 38. The most difficult episode to date. <laughs> More difficult than the other ones, if you can appreciate that. <laughs> if you can believe it. Bye, everybody. Goodbye forever, Viva La Raza. Bye. Bye.